I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 339 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, it is time for another Frogman Friday edition of First Class Fatherhood. Andy Stumpf joins me today. Andy is a retired Navy SEAL who spent time with the elite Special Forces unit known as SEAL Team 6. He took part in the rescue mission of Army prisoner Jessica Lynch, which at the time it was the first successful rescue mission of a prisoner since World War II. It was also the first ever woman soldier to be rescued. Andy was awarded the Purple Heart when he was shot at close range by an Iraqi insurgent. After he recovered, he returned back to active duty and on deployment. Some of his other awards and decorations include five bronze stars, four with valor, two combat action ribbons, and so many others. He is very popular on YouTube now with his incredible wingsuit, base jumping, and skydiving videos, as well as for his awesome podcast, The Cleared Hot Podcast. He's a true American hero. I'm extremely honored to have him on the podcast today. Andy Stumpf will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Andy Stump was recorded on video and is available on my YouTube channel. So if you guys would like to watch the conversation between myself and the SEAL Team 6 operator, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. And if you guys are enjoying my interviews with dads of the Navy SEAL teams, please go back and listen to some of the other ones that I've done with other Navy SEAL Team 6 dads, including Medal of Honor recipients Michael Thornton and Ed Byers. Also check out my recent interview with Green Beret Tim Kennedy and so many other American heroes that I'm proud to say that I've had here on the podcast. Next week, lock it in. I've got some great guests coming your way, including the Iceman himself, Wim Hof. If you are unfamiliar with Wim's story, please Google him and go check him out. He's got some amazing accomplishments. He's got many Guinness Book of World Records. He climbed Mount Kilimanjaro wearing only a pair of shorts. Don't miss out on that one. And follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to find out who else will be joining me here. And as always, please help me spread the word about this podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule, and every day is Father's Day. Right here with me, and I'm going to be right back with former Navy SEAL Andy Stumpf. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Let's be honest, dads. Right now, none of us want to set foot inside a store, but we still want to be able to get some awesome gear. That's why I'm excited to tell you that I have partnered with Bespoke Post. Bespoke Post is a subscription service for men where every month you get to choose a box of awesome filled with unique items. Everything from grooming gear to unique house items to outdoor gear. I'm talking about stuff you can't find on Amazon. New boxes are added regularly for you to choose from. You have complete control over your subscription service and every box is packed with over $75 worth of gear. But it only costs you $45 and as a bonus... First Class Fatherhood listeners get 20% off their first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com. That's boxofawesome.com. Enter the promo code FATHERHOOD20 at the checkout, and First Class Fatherhood listeners are going to receive 20% off their first box of awesome. Check the show notes for the link, boxofawesome.com. Use the promo code FATHERHOOD20 and receive 20% off your first box of awesome. Uh, joining me now, First Class Father, Andy Stumpf. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. All right, let's start right here. How many kids do you have and how old are they? I have three children. My oldest is 16. My boy, uh, middle son, is 14, and my daughter is 11. Wow, very cool. What kind of sports or activities are they all into? 
that fluctuates and navigates depending on the time of year. Uh, my oldest son plays soccer and enjoys some outdoor winter sports, specifically snowboarding. Uh, my middle son has dabbled in just about everything. He's played baseball for a bit. Um, he is interested in soccer again, also really likes snowboarding. And my daughter has done softball, but currently right now she's kind of into the equestrian activities. So she's got a pony and she likes riding that thing. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, what, what, do you ever get involved with like coaching as far as the soccer goes? You kind of step away and enjoy all that stuff from the from the sideline. I don't know if I would be an excellent coach for my kids. I think it's better off in that environment to just step away and uh, let them listen to other people. I have done some assistant coaching like on the day if there's, you know, at my son's baseball games earlier on before we moved up to uh, Montana. You know, they'd like go be a first or a third base coach. I'll help out with that. I definitely don't avoid it. Uh, but I have found that they respond better to other people's input than just my own. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, Andy, if you could, just please take a minute here just to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Sure. Um, you know, earlier in my life, I was in the military, so I did one month under 17 years in the Navy. The whole uh, time that I was in the Navy, obviously, subtract the pipeline, but I was in the SEAL community. So it took about 18 months to finish that pipeline in, and then I did my entire career inside of that community. I was medically retired the last day of June in 2013, and at that time, I was working uh, part-time for CrossFit, so that was actually my bridge out of the military, so I went from working part-time to full-time. Uh, got to a point where you know I had basically glass ceilinged out in that organization. It was a great organization to work for, but there just was nowhere for me to go vertically, so I stopped doing that, and that's the point in time where I started diving into skydiving the way that I wanted to pursue it. So I got pretty deep into skydiving and base jumping. And at that same time period, I started teaching free fall again. I had taught free fall inside of the military, but I started doing it specifically towards Air Force, PJ, and CCT personnel who were ending their pipeline. So getting hold of them relatively early to teach them that. And in the course of all that, I started doing some public speaking uh, as well as started the podcast, I think, two and a half years ago now. I actually, I would have to go back and look when the first episode was actually published. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I do now. I do a mix of endorsement and ambassador stuff, the podcast and public speaking pretty much takes up most of my time. Yeah. It's an incredible uh, resume, Andy. And thank you for your service before I forget to say that. And um, uh, so then about how old were you then, Andy, when you first became a dad and how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? So my oldest son was almost my birthday present because my birthday is October 10th. He was born October 11th in 2003. So I had just turned 26. I was 26 years old plus a day. And I think anybody who goes from not being a parent to being a parent likely has the same realization of, oh, my God, what did I just get myself into? Am I capable and competent enough to keep this little ball of flesh alive? Am I going to do the right thing? Do I know enough? And it. It, uh, I would say the biggest thing for me when it came to having kids as before is it just changes your perspective uh, of yourself. There's always something else to think about besides just you. And that continued on, obviously, with my second son and then my daughter, regardless of what it is that I'm doing or what I'm trying to accomplish, I have to frame that in the perspective and context of my kids as well. Yeah. What about as far as like, what are some of the top values that you're hoping to instill in your kids? Top values that I'm trying to instill in my kids. I mean, for me, I think it all starts and stops with your integrity. And, you know, the things 
that you do are powerful and the things that you say are powerful, but they need to be commensurate. They can't be divergent. Um, I want my kids to be whoever they want to be. I've never pushed them towards a military background, and I've also never tried to dissuade them from military background. My questions to them are based around what do they feel empowered by? What do they think like they want to do? As opposed to, you know, I often hear people asking, you know, young kids, what are you going to be when you grow up? And I was fortunate very young that I knew what I wanted to do, but I, I don't want to apply that additional pressure to my kids. So instead of saying to them, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? I just ask them what interests them or what they think they would be fulfilled by doing. And then to me, the biggest stepping stone for them would be those values of having integrity, um, obviously instilling in them a work ethic and a good moral compass. I mean, I think those are the three things that would hopefully separate and differentiate them from everybody out there who's the peer group. Yeah, well said. And what about, obviously, you know, uh, extensive uh, military career with the SEAL teams? Obviously, you're very disciplined. But what type of disciplinarian are you when it comes to being a father? And is it different than the discipline style that you grew up with? Um, I would say as far as a discipline perspective, it's very similar approach to the way my parents raised me. I mean, the bottom line was with them because they gave me plenty of freedom and room to explore, but there was always hard boundaries. Like, uh, you know, for me, it was sports and driving were all based around educational performance. And let me be completely clear. I was, did not have great performance from an education perspective. And I look back and it's because I just didn't, I didn't care. I was already at that point waiting for the calendar to flip over enough time so I could join the Navy. And I saw my peers sitting for their SATs and applying to college and it didn't, it just had no draw to me. And I just, you know, I didn't have much to be successful there. So I didn't pay enough attention to it as I probably should have. But anytime I deviated from the standard GPA that my parents wanted from me, you know, the driver's license or the access to the car went away, sporting activities went away. So they set very clear expectations. And then the most important thing was, is that they held me to it. And as far as a disciplinarian for my kids, I try to be completely open and honest with them about my successes and specifically my failures. And also if they want to have goals or they want to be able to do things to set those expectations, and then you have to hold them to it. You know, if you set the expectation and you don't hold them to it, what message are you passing along to your kid? Yeah. Yeah, very well said. And I know right now we're in the middle of this whole um, uh, coronavirus lockdown thing. How much has it affected you out there? Are you doing the whole homeschooling thing? And what's your been, been your approach to all this? Well, you know, I'm in a unique situation. So I'm almost a year into a divorce and I have, uh, you know, an approved co-parenting plan uh, with my ex-wife. And the problem with it right now is that because of what's going on, I'm not actually getting access to my kids and the court system here in Montana doesn't really know how to deal with that because we're obviously in unprecedented times. So the schools have attempted to go to a distance or online learning model. And I'm only, I'm, I can only watch this from a distance. Uh, and so they're doing a little bit, but I don't know if they're going to be able to make that full shift before the next school year. I suspect the kids will probably not go back to school. Montana's doing it two week chunks at a time. But it's been really tough. I actually haven't been able to see my kids. I've seen my kids for maybe a total of an hour in the past eight weeks since they started this lockdown. Yeah, that's got to be tough. I got four kids myself and we're doing I got two of them are online right now with their teachers. And it's definitely uh, really quickly shifted the way that we go about our daily routines here, as it has for everybody. 
Um, yep. and, and you mentioned there too, now you're going through this divorce. I know I have a lot of dads that'll always hit me up and we, we, we have some of these discussions. One of the most difficult things, um, for dads that go through this is, um, and I'm curious to get your opinion. When would you feel comfortable at what point would you feel comfortable in a new relationship, uh, to introduce your kids to a new potential spouse? You know, I think that depends on the kid. All three of my kids are wildly different, um, personality wise, uh, and I think the way that they would approach something like that, um, you know, I don't have a good answer. I think it depends completely on the relationship that you have with your kids, your the relationship that you have with your ex and how she is going to receive, you know, that new information. Um, yeah, you know, I wish I had a good answer. I don't. And what about as far as I know you do, I mean, you've done, I've seen, you know, obviously some of your uh, videos there with some of these uh, wingsuit jumps and these base jumps is just, uh, you know, blows my mind. I love showing them to my kids to show, you know, it looks surreal. Have you, has becoming a dad uh, changed it or altered anything as far as you participating in any of the jumps or is there something you don't do now specifically because you're a father? Today's episode of First Class Fatherhood is being sponsored by Ladder. Ladder was founded by LeBron James and Arnold Schwarzenegger to change the way supplements are made. They worked with top scientists to formulate a line of clean performance products. Unlike other supplements, every batch is tested by a third party to verify the highest standards for quality and safety. Now, they sent me their products, and I can tell you this. The packaging is first rate. The taste is delicious, especially the strawberry lemonade energy supplement. Also, I mixed one packet of the chocolate protein with a 12-ounce glass of milk, and it was banging. I would encourage everybody out there to try Ladder out for yourself. And right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners can score 30% off everything site-wide at ladder.sport. Use the promo code BETTEREVERYDAY. That's one word, BETTEREVERYDAY, and you're going to save 30% off. The link is in today's show notes, ladder.sport. Use the promo code BETTEREVERYDAY. Save 30% off and unlock your best in every situation with Ladder. Have you, has becoming a dad uh, changed it or altered anything as far as you uh, participating in any of the jumps or is there something you don't do now specifically because you're a father? No, you know, my kids have actually, they've seen me skydive a bunch. They've actually been with me on a trip to Switzerland and Italy where I was base jumping. So they've walked with me to exit points. They've been there when I've landed. So they're, they're definitely, I don't hide any of those activities from them. What I would say is that, you know, Risk assessment and risk mitigation, it happens all around you every day. If you decide to get in a car and go somewhere, you mean you're basically making that risk to reward valuation. Um, It probably made me pay, again, you know, whether or not you want to frame your thought process. Before you have a kid, you're thinking mostly about yourself. After you have children, you know, there's it's unavoidable that you're thinking about the impact of it on them. So that is what has changed for me. And I would say, if anything, it makes me pay more attention to that risk mitigation and risk assessment. And I'm probably more likely to walk away from those things now than I was before. Um, and I've always, I've always tried to maintain that, you know, there's a lot of people who will try to force themselves through some of those situations, specifically in the base jumping world. You'll see people who are on an exit point that are really trying to talk themselves in doing the jump. They're stressed out, they're scared, and all those things happen to everybody on an exit point. But my theory is, you know, the jump is optional, but everything that happens afterwards is mandatory. And I'd rather be the guy that walks away from more base jumps than anybody else, because then you'll survive to live another day. 
And if I get to an exit point where, you know, I'm thinking far too much about my kids as opposed to the activity I'm about to participate in, just turn around and, you know, walk away. You can always come back another day. So that definitely, uh, I'm not shying away from those activities or I won't shy away from those activities in the future, but it's definitely present in my mind. Yeah, great stuff. And I know that I mean, you mentioned before there you have the Cleared Hot podcast. Uh, I know mm-hmm. one, one of the things that I think is so beneficial to us as a society is that the, the Navy SEAL community is out in the open where we can follow you guys on Instagram. We can read the books. We can listen to the podcast. What was the um, the genesis for you starting the uh, Cleared, Hot, uh, Cleared Hot podcast and uh, what is it mainly all about? Uh, you know, I'll go in the opposite direction. Um, you know what it's all about. I enjoy sitting down and having conversations with interesting people. That's what I enjoy about it the most. And I also like the Q and a episodes that I do. I haven't done one in a while because I've had some guests stacked up on top of each other. So I kind of saved the Q and a for a little bit of a buffer in between guests, but some of the questions are awesome and they force me to sit down and think about what I truly believe and why I think the way that I think. And that's been pretty damn cathartic for me to think through those things. And then sitting down and talking with people that I'm fascinated by. I mean, it's amazing what you can learn if you just take the time to sit down and listen to somebody else talk about their expertise. Uh, and the whole genesis of it was the Joe Rogan. You know, I was very fortunate enough to meet him through a mutual friend, Tate Fletcher. And at the end of the first time I was on his podcast, after the microphones were off, we were kind of they, they were playing pool. And I was talking with Joe a little bit. He's like, hey, man, you should think about starting your own podcast. And he said that to thousands of people. He's probably responsible for like 10% of the podcasts that are out there. But that's where it started. It started from, uh, you know, the idea of somebody who was very well established and very successful in that career field. And who am I to, you know, say, no, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I think it's incredible. It's given me the opportunity to speak to guys like you, and I, I've enjoyed the platform so much. I, I'm about two years into it myself, and it's been uh, an incredible mm-hmm. ride for me. And I think it's beneficial to everybody because we get a chance to choose what we want to listen to, uh, who we want to listen to, and it's unfiltered. There's no uh, you know rules that has to be followed, so it's off the cuff most of the time. Uh, I think it's great. It's obviously it's exploded here too. So and, and keeping it to the technology, it's a struggle, you know, for, for myself for a lot of dads right now, just because we're competing with the technology. But now, especially too. Uh, during this, there's kind of like an overflow of the technology. The kids are getting a little bit too much of it. Um, and, yep. and I know you mentioned you have a 16-year-old. My oldest is just about to be 14. So one of the things uh, you know I'm concerned with with the whole thing, obviously, is the pornography and the access that these kids have to it. How do you kind of monitor or handle all the technology and stuff like that with your kids? Well, you know, it was easier when I had uh, actual impact and the ability to sit there face-to-face and talk with them about it. I've always told all three of my kids that they're growing up in a more difficult time than I did just due to the technology aspect. And I've tried to reinforce to them, all three of them, that they have to think about and act at all times that anything that they do online could live on forever. And I don't think it's uh, unreasonable to think about, you know, text exchanges or Snapchat exchanges or the sending of pictures And at some point you go sit down for a job interview and somebody slides a piece of paper across the table and says, is this you? You know, is this the way that you conduct yourself? But it's it's, I've seen it in all three of my kids. All three of my kids have made mistakes with their electronics devices, as have I as an adult and said things that, you know, that I wish I hadn't said, but they live forever. You know, if somebody does a screenshot. Uh, But the difference is, I think they have a hard time bridging the gap between that no consequence environment of a Snapchat, you know, where you just jump on and make a shitty comment to somebody because it seems like there's no consequence or another one that I see it 
uh, you know, like the avatar generation where my sons will play online video games where there's these chat rooms. And I'll sit there in the room where I used to sit in the room sometimes and just listen to the way that they interacted with their peers without them knowing that I was in the room. And it's startling. But they just don't think that there's it's like, Dad, what it's just an Internet chat room. Like, yeah, but there's another human being on the other end of that comment. And what you say, although it might not mean something to you, could have a crazy impact to them. Um, those electronic devices are really dangerous. Uh, my biggest concern is for my oldest son currently. He every time that I have been able to get access to his phone and the one piece of advice that I could give to parents is that you need to be overbearing with your access to your kids' phones. It's not a matter of invading their privacy. It's a matter of being a parent and ensuring that they're still growing and maturing and doing the right things because some of the stuff that I've found on those phones is horrendous. Um, and again, I don't know if they realize the long-term consequences or the potential long-term consequences because it's just, you know, it's just this little screen. And, you know, they're addicted to it for sure. There's that essence of addiction to that device. But if parents are out there and you want to get a really good snapshot of how your kid is actually behaving outside of the direct oversight that you have on them, you need to get into their phone and take a look at it. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because like years ago when I was a kid, there would be like if you wanted to get a glimpse of that, you you'd try to sneak around and see how they acted in the playground like we're in a schoolyard. And then you would get a better glimpse of how they present themselves. Now it's through this technology. And I drive Uber on the weekends. Well, I was before this whole lockdown mm-hmm. started and. Um, it's amazing to listen to the conversations. They mostly take place through the phone, even when the kids are in the car. And it's just like, it's really mind blowing. And the other aspect of it is that they trust the technology so much where I have people, you know, at two, two, three in the morning that they're, that are drunk. They don't even check my license plate. They don't even ask who I am. They just get right in the car and just expect that I'm going to be the guy they're looking for. So that part of it is a little scary. It's beneficial that they have the option not to drink and drive, but then again, mm-hmm. on the other side of it, you know, sometimes they don't even, you know, look to who they're getting in the car with. So, uh, that, that part is scary. Um, what about what's next for you here then, Andy? I mean, you've had so much uh, success. You've had so many different uh, paths that you've chosen to go. What, what, what do you kind of have goals set for yourself for the future here? Hard to say long-term just because I have no idea exactly how this, you know, the pandemic is going to play itself out. Um, about a third of my year is public speaking. And obviously speaking at large groups right now is not going to happen. So the rest of my calendar year cleared itself up. We went ahead and uh, cleared itself up for me, so I don't have to worry about any of those public speaking engagements right now, which is fine because it, it'll come back at some point. You know, we'll find a new normal outside of this. But what I've been trying to do is uh, probably similar to what you're doing, is looking at the the tools I have available now, which is largely what we're talking on, you know, online resources, um, and trying to build that presence and work inside of the, the framework that seems to be what we're limited with right now. I think my biggest goal probably in the near term is just to continue to dive in with the podcast. It's one of the most enjoyable things that I do. I really like just sitting down and talking with people that I find interesting and kind of building the online presence of that, given again, like I said, the framework, of what we have to go forward with. And I think my goal for 2020 is to not add any new things that I do and maybe just optimize and become more efficient with the things that I already do. Yeah. Very cool. I love that. And what, uh, and, how do you? I want to curious about you. How do you feel about the um, like the Navy SEAL shows that are out there? Do you ever watch them, like the SEAL Team or like the Six that was on History Channel? And how do you feel that they pre- represent the SEALs? Uh, you know, it's a difficult medium to actually unpack any realism. You know, an hour-long TV show is actually forty-four minutes broken up in usually four to six chunks, 
And, you know, TV show, it's entertainment. And as long as you take it as entertainment, that's fine. The reality is they need to get good ratings so they can sell detergent in, you know, hand soap in between. They make their money <laughs> yeah. off of the, it, it's the reality. They make their money off the ads. And I, I have no problem with that. Um, but 44 minutes is not enough to balance entertainment and authenticity. And I have a little bit of experience being technical advisors, specifically on the show six. And I, and I saw that struggle between entertainment and authenticity. And oftentimes they'd say, you know, how would you guys really do this? And you'd give them a couple options. And they're like, that's boring, which most of the time it is boring. So they would think of an entertaining or creative way to solve the problem that at least flirts with authenticity. So I don't think they paint the community well, but I don't think they paint the community poorly either. Just watch it from the lens of entertainment. You're fine. Does any of your kids, does your oldest son ever watch those and then say, hey, dad, do you do this or that? Or they don't watch, no? No, they don't. And, you know, I, I think I can count on a on one hand the number of time my kids have asked me about my old job. Because I don't, I don't talk about it in front of them. And quite frankly, I could care less if they ever show any interest in it. Yeah, very good. All right. Um, last thing I want to hit you with here, Andy, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast. What type of advice do you have for the new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening? Huh. What advice do I have for the new dad? I would say, regardless of how unsure of yourself you may be or uncomfortable or how many questions that you may have, the reality is, is you're going to make a ton of mistakes and you'll have a lot of successes, hopefully. Um, but one thing that I think has helped me with my kids is that I'm very open with the mistakes that I make and I address it with them directly. I don't try to brush it under the table and say, well, you guys need to do this, but you know, don't pay attention to me doing that. And that's obviously when your kids are a little bit later. But if you're first about to be a parent, you're going to be nervous. You, you know, you're going to be surrounded by uncertainty and just take a deep breath. The kids come out of the box, you know, like primed to try to survive, do the best you can and don't sweat the small mistakes. You're going to be OK. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. This has been an honor for me. I got to say, Andy Sump, you're a first class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on first class fatherhood. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Andy Stump for giving me a few minutes of his time. That was such an honor. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Lock it in. Got a lot of action coming your way next week. The Iceman, Wim Hof, will be joining me here on Monday. Lock it into my Instagram account, at Alec underscore Lace, to find out who else will be joining me here. I hope you guys are staying safe, staying healthy, and staying tuned out there. That's all I got for you today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babies. We are fathers, and we're not just fathers, we are first-class fathers. Sometimes.